0: When you have a spouse that's able to back you up on whatever it is, it's awesome because you're in the, both on the same page. At the end of the day, you both have that same goal. You both wanna be financially free. You both want the best for your family. You're, you both have that same vision. So why not incorporate you both being partners?
1: I'll never forget that day when I asked myself the question, is this it? Is this all there is to strive for in life? That day, I set out on a journey to find more. Now I am sitting down with the most fulfilled to teach us the tools and tips they use to get there so we can do it faster. Think different, earn different, live fulfilled. This is Contrarian Cash Flow. Welcome in Contrarian Cashflow. Today I've got Sophia Castro with me. Sophia, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing amazing. Thank you for asking.
1: I'm so glad to hear, and I'm so grateful you're here joining me today. So, uh, for those that don't know, so Sophia and her husband Bobby last year exited a company, Bankers Healthcare Group, for a valuation of over one billion dollars. One billion, not one million, one billion. <laughs> they currently. Own over $400 million in res- in real estate, primarily multifamily. And more than anything, they're loving parents. So, two children, a son, and a daughter. So, Sophia, what are you and Bobby getting busy with right now?
0: So, we've been really busy acquiring a lot of uh, new properties. Uh, you know, even through the pandemic, uh, we've been able to continue on with business like normal. We have purchased uh, two new properties to our portfolio. One was a 400 uh, door in um, El Paso, Texas, which is our first property out of Florida right now that we haven't done in a long time. And we're going into the uh, Texas arena. And then we bought one in our backyard of uh, 233 doors in um, Plantation, Florida. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area, but this is our backyard where we normally have all of our assets at. And we're in the middle of acquiring more. And I'm also in the middle of getting a new course out for very, very new beginners that want to go into the multifamily investing oh. arena. And this is really, really beginners. This is like a 101 type of course that I'm bringing out. I was originally doing it for women. <clears throat> and then now it's going to be something that a man or a woman that want to get into multifamily is going to be able to take on the course. And then also, Bobby and myself are doing a boot camp that we haven't even brought it out really. Uh, not too many people know about it because it's going to be a very small group of actual people that are already in the multifamily industry and just want to go to the next level and scale. I mean, that's going to be very, very exciting. And, um, and you know, we're going to be doing it in our hometown that's going to be in January. So we're excited about that too.
1: So the pandemic does not have you guys slowing (laughs) down at all.
0: Not at all. It hasn't stopped one, not even a mile. It's kept (laughs) us going really hard and looking for good deals out there.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, we we all know how hard those are to find in in the market right now. Um, Well, I just, I really appreciate you guys giving back. You know, you talked about the course and then also the boot camp and and the mastermind group. So that's outstanding. So, I mean, we talked about some pretty crazy numbers at the beginning, just in the introduction. And so this was just like a fly by night thing, right? You know, it was like one day you guys thought about it and then you had this billion dollar company, right? It was really simple.
0: So, you know, we started that company back in like 95, Bobby and myself, just looking through um, USA Today, because back then the internet didn't exist. I mean, Bobby, you know, were looking for something that we wanted to start a new business. We wanted to get something that was going to, you know, get us in the entrepreneur world. And we came across this business that was, we had no clue about, we didn't even know it existed. And it was just a manual. It was not even a franchise. It was nothing. We paid $1,800 for it. And Bobby, you know, just had the mindset that we were going to do this no matter what it took. We were going to make this work. And Bobby and myself started and, you know, we both had two jobs. It wasn't even our main focus at the, at the beginning because we had to, you know, pay our bills and we had a baby. So we, you know, got this business, started it, you know, working it part-time and little by little, Bobby went letting go of his, you know, jobs and started focusing 100%. Meanwhile, that I was still working, trying to cover whatever little bills we can. Meanwhile, that the business was growing and probably like a year and a half into the business, we both let go of our full-time jobs and went straight into this business and just went from, you know, zero to a billion (laughs) dollars.
1: That's awesome. That's a great story. So, so you talked a little bit about you know kind of getting into the business itself, but prior to that, you you did have a couple you know I know you guys were trying all sorts of different avenues, you know these these different schemes or or opportunities or methods. So, what was what was that initial period like, and and how do you think you finally found the one that led you guys to such a trajectory?
0: So, you know, when when I met Bobby, I was eighteen years old. I'm sure you've heard my stories. uh, You know, mine and Bobby's story. We met when we were really young. I was eighteen. Bobby was twenty two. We both come from very humble families, you know, we're like, we didn't have anybody in our family that would give us mentorship or, or had no money to even lend us to start a business or to do anything. I mean, our families were, you know, working three, four jobs themselves just to maintain food and, and a roof over our heads, you know? So Bobby was like, oh, this is not for me. We need to do something different. If you're going to come on the ride with me, this is what you're going to be expecting. And we, you know, I did obviously. And uh, we, we started businesses that were, we didn't have enough capital to maintain the business, nor we had the knowledge, you know, back then there was no internet. So we couldn't, you know, go on Google and try to find out how to do it. So we were just whatever we would try to do. And a few of them failed uh, mostly because of capital others because of knowledge. And when we came across this business um, manual, we just, I don't know, there was something that clicked with us. Bobby loves sales and this business was all about sales. And he just said, I'm determined to make this work because there's there's a platform here. There's not a lot of competition. Nobody's really doing this. So if this is going to be the one. And we just put our full efforts um, really focusing on where we wanted to be. Our, we had big goals. And we weren't going to let that just not get there, you know? So we really, really focused. We let go of friends. We let go of family. We let go of everything because... We had full-time jobs. Then we had a baby and we had this business that we're trying to make it work. So we were working seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So we were just, we put our blinders on and we were just heading over to that goal line that we had in mind. And you know, when you put all your efforts and your focusness and you don't let distractions come in your way, you're going to get to those goals. And, And that was just what we had. We were we had the PMA, we had the non-refundable minutes and the sack and rack. And that's why we use those statements all the time, because we lived our life based on those models. And I'm telling you, I know it sounds corny. <laughs> A lot of people are like, what? That makes it but That's just what we believed in. And that's what we focused on. And that's the way we lived our life, you know, and we got there. We were able to do it.
1: So one of the points you made was around focus. I, I want to dig into the PMA in a second, but uh, yes. around the focus. So like you said, you have a young growing family. You've both got multiple jobs. How did, how did you guys pick and choose what was you, know, what you should be spending your time on versus you know, kind of chasing squirrel or the next shiny object that was out there?
0: So we learned from our mistakes at the very beginning, we started three, four businesses that were just little businesses that we were doing that, you know, just running around in circles and really getting nowhere. We learned that that was not the way to do it. You can't just, you know, throw something out there and think it's going to stick. You got to make sure that you have a plan and that you follow those steps to get to the end, you know, and you can't climb a ladder from the first step and get to the top, you know, from one step. So we learned that we needed to climb that stair one step at a time. And every step needed to be with a focus in mind. What is that step going to be? Where is this going to get us? So that when we get to that next step, we knew then we had to refocus and redo that focus for that next level. So we did that and it worked. And, you know, like I said, we let go of a lot of events, a lot of family events, a lot of friends, a lot of going out, but it was, you know, at the time you're like, Oh, you're pouting and you're shouting and you're like, Oh my God, but this is not what I want. But how do you get there if you don't? Right. Um, and we had a lot of people that would tell us, you're not going to do this. How are you going to do this without money? That's not going to work. What is that business, that business, nobody knows what it isn't. But when you don't ask for advice and you don't, let anybody come into your circle that doesn't have the same mindset or the same focusness as you. You're going to be able to be to be able to get there. But when you have distraction from the outside and there, are, everybody's telling you all that won't work. Oh, don't do it that way. Oh, and they don't even know themselves, and they're not successful themselves. Why are you letting that distraction come into your lane? You know and. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I think one of the points you just made there that stands out so much and is is a struggle nowadays, especially, uh, you know, with the younger generations, millennials, etc., right? You know, instant gratification. How quickly can I get to that billion-dollar valuation? And one of the points you were talking about is climbing that ladder, one rung, one step at a time, making it up. And I just think that's so important. And I think that's what so many people struggle with, especially on the investing side or the real estate side. You know, they want to go from owning, you know, one single-family home to owning four hundred million dollars in assets. And I just think that's such a powerful statement when you talked about kind of just, you know, as you go, okay, boom, we we accomplished one goal. Okay, how now we get to the next? Boom, let's accomplish the next goal. So I think that's just such a such a powerful point point. So within all this, I mean, you know, it's not just, you know, you or Bobby pursuing these business endeavors, you guys are doing this together. So what's the relationship like working that closely with a spouse, a young family, and, you know, really taking this thing to the next level?
0: You know, it, it, it's hard. And at the same time, so rewarding, You know, a lot lot of people always ask us, how did you guys do this? How did you do this all day long? You work together all day long. You're with each other. You work out together. You're always together. You know, at the very beginning when we met, Bobby told me, if you want to come in this journey with me, we're going to have to do this together. It's not going to be easy. But if we don't hold on to each other's hand and help each other get there, we're never going to do it. And I try to tell that to a lot of people and especially men. And I'm not, you know, just picking a man or prototyping men, but it it really is a lot of men don't understand of having their wife or their spouse or their girlfriend, whoever they live with, that's together with them all day to have them as a partner. It is the best thing there is in the world because who better is going to have your back than your spouse you know then your the person that you're with 24 hours so if you could hold on to each other's hand and or you know hold each other's back if you're falling and push it forward and it it, it really does give you big rewards in life and for Bobby and myself it's worked great i'm not going to tell you it was easy not saying it's easy, but it's been great because look at where we're at today. And we got there together. It wasn't like, Oh, Bobby is the, you know, one that's doing this and I'm sitting home and, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but we helped each other. Meanwhile, at the very beginning, I used to work and Bobby, you know, after getting the business a little bit going, he started the business on him by himself, because I was working, trying to make whatever little bit of money I can in the business so that we could cover our expenses. And Bobby was getting that business going and really making, you know, for us to be able to both be without working and being in the business. And then, so, you know, we both help each other out. And when you have a spouse that's able to back you up on whatever it is, it's awesome because you're in the both on the same page. At the end of the day, you both have that same goal. You both want to be financially free. You both want the best for your family you you both have that same vision, so why not incorporate you both being partners or or somewhat of of being involved? You know, because when you when you're at work, you spend most of your day at work. I don't care if you're a business owner or if you're an employee, it, whatever it is, your most of your day is at work. And when you come home, you're either mad, happy, uh, whatever the, the whatever it is. When you get home, your spouse is like. Oh my God, why are you so angry? Or why don't you want to speak? Or why are you so excited? I'm not excited right now. Why are you excited? So when you get home, then that connection just can't groove because you're in two separate pages. And if you don't work together, that's okay too. But at least when you get home, if you go speak about what your day was like, so that you both, when you come home, you could be aligned together if you're happy that you could understand why that person's happy. If you're mad, that they understand why you're mad. And then that way you're not at each other's throat, you know? So it's worked for Bobby and myself. Amazing. I I wouldn't change it for nothing in the world, even though that we've wanted to kill each other at one point or another. (laughs) Uh, But it's been amazing ride in life. And, you know, like I, I would never change it for nothing in the world. And I always try to encourage every person that's in business, include your spouse in it, because whatever you have at home crosses over to your business and whatever your business is crosses into home. So you have to be aligned. 100%.
1: 100%. I couldn't agree more with that. Just And especially the communication piece of it too, right? You know, kind of speaking to each other, learning each other. And that's, and that's a process that takes a long time, right? You know, especially you talk about getting together younger and stuff. I mean, you know, it's, it's a testament to your guys' ability to communicate that you've been able to stick through this long because, you know, that's the challenge, especially for at least me personally and in, in my relationship with my wife when we were younger we're just not great communicators, right? We haven't been in these stressful situations and throwing ourselves you know, into business and these different scenarios. And so no, I think that's tremendous. So what's, what's your advice out there for spouses going into business together? What are some best practices that you've learned that they could potentially implement into their strategies and, and their businesses?
0: So one of the things, one of the biggest ones is always knowing your role. What is your role going to be in the business if you're going to be partners? Myself and Bobby have always put roles inside. You know, we do a little no and we go, okay, you're going to be taking care of this part of the business. I'll take care of this part of the business. So that way you're not both running into each other's lane or doing the same thing at the same time. And then one's doing it and the other one's doing it. And then at the end of the day, nothing got done or it got done wrong because you're both so having responsibilities and roles in the business is extremely important. Setting goals, knowing what your goals are. And I always like to say, set your goals small, do your three month goals and then have a year goal because those year goals are so long and they're so big that impossible to see your progress. If you don't set your small little goals so that you could reach that long goal. And if you're both on the same page, and you both understand your goals and that you need what you need to get there. It's going to be the best. Another thing is communication. Like you just said, communicating constantly. Hey, you know what? I didn't like that. You know, you told me this or that you screamed at me or, you know, and you got mad at me. Let's talk about this. You know, I like to do me and Bobby are two different people when it comes down to personalities, but we understand each other so well that when You know, Bobby is a doer and is a go-getter, like fast. Everything he has in his to-do list, he needs to get it done today, right now, two seconds. And me, you know, I have a list and I'll get it done, but I don't go as fast as Bobby. And we had to understand that because he would get frustrated with me that I wouldn't do my to-do list as fast as he would do his. But then he had to understand that we both work differently, but it would get done. As long as it gets done, it's okay. So you have to understand both of your roles and make sure that you both have your same goals at the end of the day.
1: Well, just going back to the alignment, right? I think that's so powerful. Having those conversations and making sure that you guys understand each other and you're on the same page. Of course, communications not always going to be perfect, and there's going to be some challenges. But making sure that that alignment is there for me is just so powerful. So, one yeah. thing I've heard you talk about before, and I know my wife struggles with it too, is that dynamic of being, you know, a working mother, right? You know, and just she always thought she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and just you know, it just ended up being better that you know she likes to be out in business. She likes to be making money. She likes to be providing, and, and she's a better mom because she has her time away, you know, from the family. So, what is that dynamic? Because I feel because being being a guy and being a father, it, I just never understand that, right? Because it's it's just being you know being a mother is different than being a father, of course. So, so what's your recommendation to women okay, out so there? So this
0: is this is a very touchy situation because every woman is different. I'm a, I'm a lot like what you said. Your wife is. I thought at the beginning I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and not be involved in the business anymore. Because now I'm a mom, I did it for two months and I literally oh. cried every single day. I adore my kids, but I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I'm too. I like to be involved. I like to work. I like to be my bring in, be part of that financial uh, statement. You know, like I want to be participant in it. I am not a stay-at-home mom. But whoever likes to be a stay-at-home mom, that's a job in its own. That's an amazing, amazing job. Because if you could stay home with your kids and be there all day, you know, the house chores, the kids, the schools, the homework, that's a job on its own. And I respect every woman that wants to do that. Awesome. That's not me. I am a, I love to be working. I need my time away the same. I like to be so that when I got back home, I love being with the kids you know, the nighttime thing, this and that, but I need it. I'm a, I'm a worker. I, I like to be involved. I need to be. So, you know, depending on the type of woman that you are and what you enjoy. So, you know, I don't find either of the two wrong. I would tell all the working moms that want to be involved and want to be an entrepreneur. Don't ever feel guilty that you want to be an entrepreneur and that you have to leave your kids with a, with a sitter or with their grandma. You're coming back home to them. You're attending to them. My weekends, Would only be involved with my kids. I would do all the things that I needed to do, you know, Saturday and Sunday, all day with them, do what they wanted to do. But during the week, I had a nanny. I had a a sitter that would stay home with the kids and, you know, take care of them until I got home. Don't feel guilty for that because you need to fulfill what makes you happy. And at the end of the day, your kids grow up, they become teenagers, and guess what? say, bye, mommy, daddy, and they only see you or want to be with you when they, need, when they need you, you know, and that's good too. They need to be, they need to be their person, but don't ever let a be wanting to be an entrepreneur feel guilty about not being there with the kids all day and being a home mom. That's, there's nothing wrong with that, but either way, you know, they're both an important role and it's whatever you feel that you want out of life is what you should pursue.
1: Well, and kind of back to your point before, you know, when you're talking about the things you had to give up, right? It's a lot of internal versus external, right? You know, so I, cause I I know that when you say that, mention that guilt, I know that that's something that's crossed my wife's mind before. Cause that's the conversation we've had, but the guilt is becoming because more societal, right? You know, Hey, you know, you're the mother, you should be seeing your kids. And Mm -hmm. so I think that was, that was a challenge she had to make it through and say, okay, this is the best way I can be the mom to my children, you know, like regardless of society or anything. So I just, I love your points because I think that's so powerful and, you know, what people need to, you know, really decide for themselves, you know, what's important. And I think that's kind of the, the, you know, the impetus for all this is what is important to you and define that and then communicate that effectively to those around you that you love so that, that you can move forward positively.
0: And you know, when my kids got older, my kids came to the office all the time. Like my grandbabies now come to the office every day after they get out of daycare or whatever, they come here, they hang out, they saw my kids always saw us. At the office, we would bring them for a few hours if they wanted to come. If they didn't want to go, they would go home. And I, you know, when they got older and we would explain to them, listen, this is why we're doing this. We're doing this because we want the best for you guys, the best for us to be able to enjoy life a little bit easier. And, you know, they, they would now they're 29 and uh, 24 and they always joke and they always say, oh, you just abandoned us. And they, they <laughs> try to make jokes that it. but you know, when we really talk to them, they, they appreciate it today. They're both entrepreneurs. That's all they, you know, that's all they saw and. And there are great kids. They came out wonderful. Thank God, knock on wood. We never had an issue with any of our kids. And I've always been a working mom. So there's nothing wrong. There's not going to be nothing wrong with your kids. You know, but again, it's a choice that a woman has to make. And I would never compromise. If a woman wants to be an entrepreneur, never compromise that for your kids. Because trust me you're going to be more frustrated and your kids are not going to enjoy you around because you stuck around for them. When you're not happy, they can't be happy. So, you know, it's, it's a great, it, you're teaching them to tell you the truth. When you're an entrepreneur, you're teaching them such great um, ethics, you know, they're, they're seeing that you're doing so much to give them a better life, a better future for everyone. So, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing to be guilty about. Just do what you want to do. <laughs> you no, know, that's
1: a, excellent points. Excellent points. So well, let's dig back into the business side real quick. So you guys have the, you know, I mean, so a couple years in, you've got this business and obviously it's, you know, the snowball effect and continuing to grow. You guys are doing outstanding. So you're making a lot of money. So why even dabble in the real estate? I mean, you guys are already pretty, pretty well off and endowed. So why even delve into real estate?
0: So, you know, Bobby and myself, when we first met, we always wanted to be in real estate. From day one, Bobby, we used to go look at... Um, properties, you know, those new Lenar homes and walk the properties and the models and daydream and you know build. We were we would just start saying, okay, this is what we want to do. This is but we didn't have the money for it. You know, and I know a lot of people now and say, oh, I buy properties or I invest in real estate with other people's money and I don't need my own money. And we didn't know none of that. You know, we didn't even understand that part. So we always thought we need to save and you know, stack our money in order to get into real estate. So we started this business that I told you, the one that we sold, um, with the idea of being able to make enough money to save to invest in real estate. That was our goal the whole time. But this business did so well that we were like, okay, this business needs to continue because it's doing awesome and why let go? So what we started doing was, okay, so all of our savings... When we had enough, we started, to say, we started investing in real estate. Um, and in 2011, well, in 2003, we started investing in real estate and it was a disaster because we knew nothing about it. And we were following other people's footsteps. And instead of doing more research and getting more knowledge about what really investing in real estate was, we just started following Whatever people were doing, and that wasn't good. That uh, that turned out to be a nice little disaster, but at the same time, it gave us a university degree on how to invest in real estate. And well, that's uh, one thing
1: I, I was I was curious about real quick. So so one thing that that's so important to me is diversity of income, right? So if if one kind of falls away or you know there's a challenge or Pandemic, you know, <laughs> so 100%. to speak, and then something else can pick up. So sorry, sorry. I just wanted to dig in on that a little bit. So yes. you talked about two so avenues had, of
0: revenue is always better than one. That's for sure. And you have your eggs in different baskets. It's one hundred percent. That's what was our idea too. So when we did that, we learned a lot about multifamily. Uh, but at the same time, when we got in that. Jam of the not knowing what the hell we were doing in real estate, and and this business that we had was still creating so much cash flow for us. We're like, Bobby's like, you know what? Wait a minute! I'm gonna go refocus my whole focusness on this business that's really giving us where you know our financial stabilities, and then real estate's gonna come second. So we let go of real estate for a little bit. We managed what we had, and then in 2011, uh, we went investing into. Multifamily the right way, because we had done so much studying and really getting all of our knowledge. And at that point, I let go of working at the business in uh bankers healthcare group. Bobby stayed fully focused on there. And me and my daughter, which at that time was 20 years old and didn't want to go to college, she dropped out because she said it wasn't for her. She wanted to be an entrepreneur. I brought her in with me and we started buying single family homes and just for rent, not to flip. We were buying them. And putting them on the market for rent. So I was teaching her at the same time how to run um, an investment company on a rental property. We bought 16 homes. And then at that point, then I said, okay, now we could move on to duplexes and fourplex and stuff like that. And we went buying little by little, learning the, the management part of the business, which is a the heartbeat of investing, because without the management part, you're really not gonna be successful. So we did that, and in 2017, at that point, we had created a portfolio of about 23 properties and a total of like 300 and something units, Um, and those were all duplexes. The biggest apartment building we had bought at that point was about 30 doors. So we we decided that we were ready to scale, and we sold all of our garden apartments, And then we started buying into the hundred plus buildings. Um, That was in 2017. And then I, we managed those big buildings until 2019 that we started getting way too big. And then management was kind of like taking up too much time and we didn't have enough time to asset manage, which is when you get to that level where we were at, at that point, you need asset management because it's super important. And we let go of management. We hired a third party management company. And we started doing asset management. And today, you know, we're at $450 million worth of properties. And uh, I think it totals up to about 2,000 and I don't know, 2,500, 2,700, something like that of units. I've lost count at this point. Um, But we have other investments too with other people that we do JVs with and, you know, GPs and stuff like that. Uh, But, you know, management, guys, I I tell you, management is one of the most important parts of this business. Uh, Not, you know, knowing when to, you know, raise your rents, making sure when you give, um, you know, uh, specials out there to get, Or when you need to improve a property, when you don't need to improve a property, Um, all those things, when to reduce your expenses, if you're seeing that the expenses are getting out of control, all of that is extremely important. And it's a boring part of the business, to tell you the truth. It's very boring, but it's very important. So I always tell everybody, when you first get into multifamily, make sure that you understand the management part because it's the heartbeat of your investment.
1: Hundred percent. I mean, kind of like you said, you know, the operations side is a little bit lackluster compared to the sexiness of the transactions, right? Buying and selling, right? That's where the that's where the excitement happens. That's where the
0: excitement is at. But
1: making the hay, right? Squeezing the expenses, growing your revenue. So with the with the real estate side, but you were kind of so back to the delegation from before. Mm -hmm. So you know, Bobby's you know pretty heads down at BHG, and then you're kind of taking the real estate by the horns, right? I mean, you're kind of the one that's driving this acquisition to you know three hundred plus units, right?
0: Correct. Yes. Bobby was very involved with the acquisition. He's always been the one that does all the acquisition parts. Um, He's always a negotiator. Sales guy. (laughs) He has that sales hat and I don't get involved with it. Once he does all the acquisitions of like making sure that he makes the deal, we're going to buy it. And once we have our um, PSA in place, then I take over and I tag team and I grab and I go. Um, but Bobby normally, even when he was involved with Bankers Healthcare Group, he always had the acquisition part because that's his thats his art. You know, he, he's great at negotiating.
1: Well, and I just think that's so important around the, the staying in your lane. And I know we talked about it before a little bit, but I think that's one thing that with the spousal businesses and, and spousal entrepreneurial endeavors. I'm a little bit of a control freak myself, right? And my wife's in the process of, of going through some business uh, dealings on her own, right? And it's hard not to be like, well, let me see those financials. You know, how could you do this? How could you, and really you kind of just have to let it go, right? Know that, hey, maybe there's certain things and I guarantee she's doing a lot of things better than I could do myself, right? But I, you know, but you know, on the real estate side, she kind of lets me be and then I'm kind of letting her go on the, on the business, you know, the small business side. And, you know, I I guarantee it'll work out. And I think that's just a struggle sometimes with spouses is like you have to be willing to give up control and give up that trust that, hey, they're going to figure it out. Are they going to make mistakes? Absolutely. But it's better for one of you to be focused on one avenue as opposed to both trying to juggle and and do kind of, you know, a, a lesser job at
0: both. A hundred percent, and it's hard. Like I told you before, it's not easy doing that. You know, I'm I'm maneuvering your your relationship as a husband and wife. You know, out of the business, but you know, like I said, I think it's great because who better? You're going to have a better interest on her. You know, than anybody else out there is not going to watch what she's really doing, right or wrong, as much as you are. So you're. I always go to Bobby for advice, always, and Bobby always comes to me for advice. We, that's our first person to go to. Then we'll go to the next layers and say, okay, now we're gonna to go to an expert. But we first communicate with each other. And there's sometimes, I'm gonna tell you right now, there's deals that Bobby says, I hate it. I think it's terrible. Why are you gonna do this? And I'm like, well, I really like it. I wanna pursue this. And at that point, then we go okay. So we're going to go to a third person that's going to give us the opinion, and then we come back and convene. You know, well, this person told me this, and they think it's a good deal. So we we don't agree all the time. I'm not telling you we're perfect in that we don't fight and that we don't say yes and no to each other. Um, but I, you know, we always know it's. But we both have the same goals. We both want to watch each other's back, so we're never going to tell each other something that is bad or you know. We just know that that's our best person to go to, but we don't always agree.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You know? It just goes back hmm. to the communication, right? That open mm-hmm. line of communication and, and that trust. So, all right, well, let's dig in on the PMA and the, and the stack and rack. So I know mm-hmm. the positive mental attitude. So so where did where was the impetus for this and, and how did this kind of come about and, and how did this kind of become your guys' mantra, you and Bobby?
0: So positive mental attitude, Bobby had an uncle that was very, very always... Uh, one of he loved Bobby it was his mom's brother, and since he was young, he always had that you know attitude that no matter what you get to do, whatever you want. And his and his mom was like that too. So that positive mental attitude, he's had it in his life always. And that's why he's always been able to get what he wants out of life. And when I met him, he would tell me this and I'm like, "What? positive mental attitude? What is? What's, how are you going to get anything by having just a positive mental attitude and being happy or just being positive about everything? I'm like, that's not the way it works. And he's like, that's the way I run my life. And that's the way that I'm going to do it. And so I started saying, okay, wait, let me try this whole positive mental attitude. Because when we, were, when we had no money, he would tell me, we're going to do this. We're going to do this business. And we're like, how are you going to do this? We don't even have a penny. How the hell? We're going to do it. And believe it or not, we will get it somehow, some way. It will come in our path, and we will get it done. And I was like, "Damn it! Wait a minute!" I got. So I started incorporating it in our lives for real, like really living it, not just saying it. Because you know, a lot of people could just say, "Oh yeah, I have a I have a positive mental attitude." Oh yeah, but you're not you're not really living it inside you. Your mind, your your focusness, your soul is not really believing it. So you have to live it. That role hundred percent, and you really do get it out because whatever I don't know, you know, manifesting things is amazing. When you manifest something, it 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 comes your way. It, it might take a year, it could take five, it could take ten. But when you manifest something and you're really living it, that positive mental attitude gets you there. You know, so we've just been living that positive mental attitude since we met, and it's it's done great for us. That's all I could say. I say I try to tell everybody, live it really, really grab a hold of it and do it the right way and 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 believe in it that it's going to work for you you know so that's just the way it's done for us
1: absolutely and i mean i just think that's one thing that i've really delved into more from an education perspective is around mindset and that positivity and the power of positive thinking and like you said it doesn't necessarily mean something instantaneously is going to happen successfully but there's just negative that really negativity doesn't offer anything positive. There's nothing positive that, that you can get from negative thought. And so I just think that's such a great perspective. And like you said, you know, eventually it'll come right you know it may not be as quickly you know it's
0: like people when you want to do like and you know want to become an investor or you want to open a business or you whatever and and all you hear is negative oh businesses you know that doesn't work you have to be rich you got to do this and you get all those negative vibes and you're you're listening to it and, and it goes inside your body and that's what you're getting but when you block out that noise and you really think inside your head and you're like you know what I want it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get it. And you continue. You have to, like I said, you have to live that life. It works out for you. Trust me. It it, it gets there.
1: <laughs> I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Well, you've got me hooked. So, so yeah. what about the the stack and rack side? So where where did that come about?
0: So that came about from Bobby. You know, when we were trying to get money to be investing in real estate to be able to get you know things that we wanted, and we were kept on going. So we have to stack up our money. We have to stack up our money. And I don't know, one day he just like, you know what, I need to stack so we could rack up on the investments. And I'm like, we're like, Oh, I like that stack and rack. And we kept that stack and rack every time we were like, okay, we need to stack and rack because we need to buy that building or we need to get invested in this. And, And, and we just, you know, the stack and rack. And then you think about it and we go, you stack up all your money and you're racking up either information Meanwhile, that you're stacking, you get all the stack up with all the knowledge and, you know, information that you can on whatever business or investment you want to do so that when you get there, you're ready to jump boat and you're able to go full on. And then when you're able to rack, you're buying that investment or getting that money, you know, you're getting it. So that's how it came about. And from then on, we've always used the stack and (laughs) rack.
1: I think that's so powerful. And especially too from the standpoint that, you know, as you make more, you seem like you need to spend more, right? And you need to live 100%. this this larger life, keeping up with the Joneses, hey, now our business is worth a couple hundred million. Now our business is worth a billion, right? Oh, we've got to get the the G six and we've got to live in the I mean, especially down in South Florida, right? You've got to live in the twenty million dollar uh, you know, oceanfront well, mansion, and right?
0: Drive around in that, you know, nice car and you know, yeah. You know, I always tell everybody you're broke in a different level. Because even when you have all this money and you're getting all this cash flow coming in and you're still broke, (laughs) you know, because the more money you have, the more you spend, like you just said. So, you know, we're all broke in different levels. So you have to continue stacking and racking in order to be able to keep on scaling to the levels that you want. And the more you get, the more you want. Um, well,
1: I love that. I haven't heard that perspective before, but yeah, we're broke. We're all broken at, at just, all broke just at a different, different levels, levels.
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> especially having <laughs> children,
1: right? <laughs> I know that all too well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so one thing that I know you guys have talked a lot about is is the legacy piece and, and you touched on it before with your children, with your daughter, you know, joining you on the real estate side. And I know your son works in the business. And so I think that's, that's a challenge kind of back to, you know, everyone, a lot of people aspire to this generational wealth or this huge legacy and this huge amount of, of net worth, personal net worth or familial net worth. But you know, one of the quotes I heard you and Bobby talk about before was around you know, second generation, third generation, you know, normally squanders the majority of this money because they haven't been taught anything. They've just been really given and pampered and, and really. So, so how do you guys go about and what, what best practices do you have out there for parents and folks that are trying to really teach their children how to respect money and, and use it as a tool to do more in life.
0: So this is something that we learned really just recently, I would say about five, six years ago, we, before we were only thinking about, Oh, we want to be rich. We want to be rich. We, you know, we just want to buy a house. We want to buy a car. We want the Gucci. We want this. We want, that was the mentality. You know, that's what we were. We were broke. And and the, when you're broke and you start getting money, the first thing you think about is materialistic things, Right. And we all fall victim to that. So we all do. As we started growing our business and we started getting all this materialistic things, we were looking back and we're like, what the heck are we going to leave our kids? What are we going to leave for our generation? We're we're working our butts off and we really don't have like a whole lot that we could leave behind. We have all these materialistic things that are going to leave with us. These are not something. So Bobby and myself just started getting more educated about you know how do we really become wealthy and once we started doing that again we started getting more knowledge we started doing more digging started reading and a family that i really love that's uh, created this generational wealth is the rockefellers they 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 they've had a legacy of i think they're going on the fourth generation i want to say fourth or fifth i'm not exactly sure amazing amazing family so we started reading how these families have been able to create these generational Legacies and continue them on. So, we started deciding that we were going to read about it, and we did. We took, um, we actually hired um, a consultant that, you know, teaches you how to teach your kids and how to really set yourself up to be a generational wealth legacy. And we sat our kids down and we explained this to them. We explained to them that, listen, We all want to be rich, right? Everybody wants to be rich because you want this, you want that. But what are you going to do with this? If we leave tomorrow, we have an accident. If we die, if we die, what are you guys going to do? Because yeah, you're going to have this money. And what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do for your kids? So they started realizing it. And they were like, wow, we didn't get this. And I said, exactly. We didn't either. But you've gotten lucky that your parents have been able to learn this and now passing it on to you. So your responsibility is to continue teaching every generation to be smart about what you, what we've been able to create, that we've been so blessed to be able to have this, to be able to pass it on. So Bobby's and mine's biggest goal in life right now is to leave a generational wealth of that. We want it to be 100 years. And we want our grandkids, grandkids, grandkids to say, you know what? My great, great great grandparents did this for us and we're going to continue doing this. So, you know, you have to be educated yourself in order to educate your children so that they could educate your grandkids and so forth. So it's very important to read upon this, guys, as much as it is important that you want to be an entrepreneur or that you want to open your own business or that you want to do whatever read and get knowledge on how to create generational wealth because that's really the place you don't want to be rich trust me rich goes in two days you could spend a hundred thousand dollars in one day anybody can you know if you have that oh i want to i want the car i want the you know the ring i want the diamond earrings i want the the car i want the purse i want it goes It, it it goes like this. So, you know, learning that and wanting to leave that legacy is amazing. I love it. The reward for me, that's my biggest reward right now is wanting to have that legacy of my grand great great, 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 great kids. To say my great, great, great mother did this for me, you know? So, so
1: yeah, that's amazing. There's a lot of
0: books and a lot of consultants out there that you could grab that will teach you this, you know, well,
1: I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know about the consultants. Of course, I've seen education mm-hmm. and, you know, read some read up on the Rockefellers a little bit and stuff, but I'm going to dig in a little bit more yeah, and if uh, you within wanna, that.
0: I'll, I'll give you some information. <laughs>
1: that, that, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of the things you just mentioned though, was kind of the obligation, right? And so you kind of bestow that on the children as like, you know, Hey, there's a responsibility here now. It's not just Billy Madison and you know, you're, you're, you're passed out on, on the pool noodle until, you know, middle of the day and whatever, right. There's an obligation yeah. To carry this forward and, and, and bring this on to future generations. And I think that's, what's powerful really, you know, obligations and, and really making this kind of, you know, the mantra and the mindset of the family is like, you know, we will do this and, and do this together, you know, educating ourselves and making ourselves better. I think that's so awesome.
0: Definitely. And it's, it's super important to be able to, you know, teach that to your kids and our kids. I told they, they, they both knew it. They were like, we're like, if you guys don't want to go to college, because that's not your thing and you want to be an entrepreneur, don't think you're sitting at home and sitting there and saying, oh, but my parents already did this. I don't need, Uh uh-uh. You're going to get up because Bobby and myself, we busted our butts to get where we're at today with no help from no family, no loans, no nothing. We were, you know, hard sweat equity that we did in order to get where we're at today. Um, So we've taught them that and they've seen this. They know that this is, that we did this You know, with our hard work. So they luckily, knock on wood, we've gotten so blessed that our kids are very hard workers and they're here in the office every day with us and that they understand the whole entire generational wealth. So it teach your kids that, man, it is the best thing you're going to ever do.
1: Absolutely. No, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, so all right, well, let's wrap up here with the contrarian three pack. So um, I know you guys have had quite a few different investments throughout your, your, your careers. But what would you say is one that stood out as contrarian kind of against the grain um, versus the mainstream investment vehicles that are out there?
0: You know what, we've never really done anything that was like out of our lanes. Uh, We've always invested in, you know, in in real estate right now and and in uh, financial uh, companies. But the one that I guess that I would have to say that was the worst one that we've ever done was condo conversion. Even though that it was in the real estate, we just didn't have any knowledge and we didn't do any homework or we just said we have the money, throw it in there. Let's follow these people and be followers. And we failed really bad. And luckily, we had um, the the mindset of being an entrepreneur and not wanting to lose everything we had invested. And in. we did lose, but we didn't fall hard on our face that we lost it all. We were able to recoup somewhat of it. And the knowledge that we got from that failure is what got us here today. So we took... That failure and took it to a positive instead of a negative. So that's the one that I would have to say that has been the worst.
1: <laughs> it's always lessons learned, right? We, we learn much more from our failures than our successes.
0: 100%. If you take them as a lesson, because some people don't learn from those lessons and they continue doing those stupidities and they, they really get themselves in a lot of trouble.
1: Right. Those who do not remember history are, are doomed to repeat it, right? Yep. <laughs> So what? So we've talked a lot about business and obviously BHG and the real estate stuff, but I know you've got, you said your children and grandbabies and all sorts of stuff. So what's your favorite thing to do with friends and family outside of the work and entrepreneurial realm?
0: So we love boating. The whole family, we, you know, we love to boat, uh, go on the boat and go to the Bahamas. And we take a whole month normally in the summer and we get the boat and we just go to, you know, island to island. And we have a house in the Keys and that we love to do that. That's one of our favorites. So our family time is mostly boating. Uh, we all love it. So it's great. Even the babies love it.
1: <laughs> That's super fun. That's super fun. All right, last one here. So, so what does offer you the most fulfillment in life?
0: What's offering me the most fulfillment right now is being able to teach my kids, our kids, mommy, mine and Bobby's kids, uh, how to become entrepreneurs and really take this generational wealth Um, to be on for a legacy. And that's really fulfilling me right now. I love the, the fact that Bobby and myself have been able to create it from zero to what we have today, and that we have a plan of 100 years, and that our kids are involved with it, and that they will continue it on to as far as possible. Cause obviously we won't be here <laughs> to be able to see it go, but as long as they, you know, we're, we're trying to teach and continue it as long as we're here to do. So is my biggest fulfillment right now.
1: And I totally agree. I mean, I think the biggest impact anybody can make is being the best parent that they can be right. You know, helping those children become the best that they can be to, to empower them, to, to do more for the world. So, yeah. uh, that that is that is outstanding. So, well, Sophia, I really appreciate you taking the time for this conversation. What's the best way? I know you've got some uh, real estate opportunities and all sorts. You talked about your boot camp. You talked about your courses coming out. What's the best way the audience can get in touch with you and, and check out what you got going on?
0: So, my Instagram it is Sophia Castro. I'm I'm sorry, official Sophia Castro. My Facebook is uh, Sophia Estrada Castro. And then I have my web page, which you could get me also. It's official sofiacastro.com. And Sophia, guys, it's spelled S O F I A. So just in case you spell it with a P H, you're not going to find me.
1: Awesome. Well, Sophia. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. As I mentioned, I'm so grateful. You, you spent the, the hour with me talking through this and, and looking forward to where, where things lead you into the future. Thanks again.
0: Thank you so much for the invite. It's been a pleasure. And I'm so glad that you invited me here. I, got, I hope everybody gets a lot of the knowledge and that they really take it and uh, grow with it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Until next time, live fulfilled. Thank you for listening to Contrarian Cashflow. I would greatly appreciate it if you left an honest review, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode, and share with someone you feel would find value. Until next time, think different, earn different, live fulfilled.